the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining in today. And as always, I like to also really thank you for in- introducing the show to your friends, your family, and, and why that is so helpful for all of us as we learn to really be the best version that we can be. And that we really strive to be that person that God had designed. And so today, I'm very excited because we have a special guest And his name is Michael Johnson, and he's the president of Slavic Gospel Association. And he began his career as an account manager and supervisor at highly respected international advertising agencies from about 1986 to 1995. And he was really serving major consumer brands, but he later moved to nonprofit agency leadership at KMA Direct Communications and the Douglas Shaw & Associates where he has served now as a vice president for 11 years before rejoining Slavic Gospel Nation. So I'm super happy to have you here with us today. And I really want you to tell us, Michael, what is going on for you, how you maybe got into this, and what kind of prayer support you need from us. Well, thank you so much for having me on your program. Um, Yeah, a little bit about me. I I grew up in Connecticut and um, in the... Uh, mid early to mid seventies, I moved to California, and at the time it was sort of the tail end of the Jesus movement, and I was uh, just going to spend a year there. I got a job working at a gas station, and there was a uh, the mechanic there. His name was Danny, and we got to know each other. And one day we were talking, and I asked him what he was doing that night, and he said, "Well, I got choir practice." I said, "Oh, really? Why?" He said, "Well, we go to church every Sunday," and I said, "Why is that?" He said, "Well, you know, I'm a Christian." And so I thought about it. I said, you know, so I grew up in the Congregational Church in Connecticut, and 
and went to church every su- Sunday, was involved in the youth group. I said, well, so am I. And he looked at me and said, no, you're not. <laughs> you got to love that. <laughs> you got to love that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he had a smile on his face. Right, right. So he invited me to breakfast the next morning, and it was it was a, a organization called the Christian Businessmen's Committee, committee and, and, um, and I heard, you know, somebody that is now a lifelong friend uh, teaching through the book of First Corinthians, and uh, I'd never heard Bible teaching like that. So wow, I um, I kept coming back and coming back, and then within a couple of months, I ex- I accepted Christ as my Savior. Yes, and so I began to attend a Wednesday evening Bible study. There was a guy named Hal Lindsay who wrote a book called The Late Great Planet Earth. Yes, I remember had, that. Yeah, oh yeah, and he had started a school um, in Westwood, California, called the Light and Powerhouse, and it was. And it was established to, you know, train a lot of the young people that were getting trained in the Jesus movement. And um, it was a great experience. I spent two years there, and Dr. Francis Schaefer would come out and teach, and John MacArthur would come down, and it was wow. just a really good, good time of, you know, me, you know, getting immersed in God's Word so that I can really begin to build a foundation for my life. So um, I got married, and my wife was in the advertising business, and um, I got interested in it. So we ended up moving back to New York City. And so we were there for about 10 years or so. And while we were there, we took a short-term missions trip to Albania. In wow, yeah. Shortly after the wall came down. And God began to open my eyes to what he was doing in the post-communist world. And uh, But, you know, as an advertising executive, I, I never really thought about how that might apply to, you know, a skill set to get involved in ministry because the Lord, you know, began to open my heart and mind to that <clears throat> until the individual who um, had organized the trip, his name was uh, Bob Provost, he called me up one day and he said, you know, Michael, we have a great story to tell about what God is doing through his faithful churches and former Soviet Union churches that were persecuted for many years, pastors who were killed for their faith. And and now that the walls come down, you know, God is really building his church throughout those nations. And we need a professional like you to tell that story here to the churches and the Christians here in America. And I thought, mm. you know, as an advertising person, I thought that was a pretty good pitch. And so I really <laughs> thought about it. And my wife, and they invited us to come and talk to them. And, you know, I at the same time, I had been given a huge job offer in New York to, uh, you know, to... Um, right, yeah. ...and promotion. And so my wife and I thought about it, and we said, you know, this is just, and my wife basically said to me, you know, God is leading us is leading us in this direction, so uh, if we were to turn it down, I think we'd be disobedient. I said, I agree. Wow. So that's when I first came to the ministry. I was here for about seven or eight years. Then I left, and I consulted with the ministries, helping them with their fundraising and marketing. And then seven years ago, they brought me back as the president. Wow. So, uh, so that's been kind of my journey, and it's yes. one of those things where everything I've done in my life has led me uh, to where I am now, <clears throat> and the three words that describe my life are God is faithful. Yes, I love that. I love that. I, you know, it is interesting to see how God is able to just, you know, it's like a chessboard. He's just able to move things around, mm-hmm. and he does it so kindly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Instead well, of, I mean, yeah. sometimes he's kind of hard with me because sometimes I don't listen as well as I should. But he's still yeah. he's still kind, right? Yeah. Well, to me, it's, <laughs> you know, people say that, you know, God has a plan for our lives. And right. when we come to faith, and, you know, that's something that I think, you know, is sort of instilled in us. <clears throat> but we want to know what that plan is at that time. Right, uh, but really, you know, it's it's a uh, our, our Christian life is about obedience, 
and being sensitive to where you are now and being sensitive to where God is leading you. And I would have never imagined that I would would be in this position that I'm in now. Well, yes, and, and the, the, uh, word, get, the, every, the word obedience, wow, does not fly well right now in America. That's correct. Yeah, yeah that's sadly, true. But sadly. That's what the Christian faith is all about. Yes, really. yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So are so, you, so, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, so our ministry, real quick, um, we were established in 1934, and by an immigrant from Belarus, his name was Peter Danica, and he began, and so he 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 um, uh, observed that the persecution um, among Christians and and churches in the Soviet Union was ramping up at that time. So we were heavily involved in the covert distribution of Bibles and Christian literature, and then we were the main uh, developer of Russian language uh, Bible uh, Bible teaching programs that were being broadcast uh, through the Iron Curtain during those years. And right around the time when um, the Soviets said that they were going to eradicate all forms of religion and put the last Bible under glass in a museum in St. Petersburg, we kind of ramped up our radio programming to where it was running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. So when the wall came down, you know, we partnered with, and that was a miracle of God mm-hmm. that happened. Yes. Nobody saw that coming. And um, so we, we partnered with one of the largest groups of evangelical churches in those countries. So right now, uh, it would be what they call the Baptist Evangelical Churches. And right now we're, we're connected to roughly 6,000 churches in the former Soviet Union, as well as a fairly large network of churches in Israel. Uh, okay. where we have work as well. So um, that's kind of the backdrop of what we do, because we're we're an equipping ministry. We don't send missionaries, but we equip the national oh, churches okay. with resources so that they can accomplish more uh, through their ministries in their cities, towns, and villages. So right now, like, for example, in Russia, you know, we still have significant ministry in Russia, uh, and in a situation where where every other Western mission organization that had been working in Russia is gone. Okay. And so we're really the only, you know, formidable uh, Christian ministry that's uh, still operating in Russia right now because of those relationships. Wow. Do you see it? Is it, be, is it becoming harder and harder? Or is God still really making ways for you guys? It, um it's in some cases it gets harder and harder, particularly in some of the Central Asian countries that we work in that are heavily Muslim oriented. Okay. Um, but um, but the, you know the we have long and trusted relationships with the church leaders in all of those countries. So um, and that just continues to open up more and more opportunities for us to expand our ministries. So. So right now, you know, we sponsor about 400 national church planting missionaries. Wow. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're connected to a, a, a larger number of churches, and, and in each one of those churches, we have more opportunities, you know, to help them to do more. So okay. recently, uh, we added Moldova as a country that we're working in, um, wow. and we are now expanding in some, into some of the um, Eastern European countries like Poland and the Czech Republic. And so, you know, the Lord just keeps opening up these opportunities. And for me, I'm a marketing and fundraising guy. So, you know, the more money we can raise, the more we can equip more churches to get more work done over there. And they send these wonderful reports back to us about what they're doing. So, Oh, that's amazing. That is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to go to a break. 
So I, I want to, to maybe come back in this next, um, this next time and really mm-hmm. talk about maybe some of the personal things that you have seen with people. Because this is quite an, an amazing issue here when it's such a mm-hmm. dark country and that they're even willing to let you talk about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I think that would be really right. inspiring for all the listeners, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, because I would be very interested in, wow, how God is actually moving through those people mm-hmm. and, and how they oh, are, yeah. how well they're responding. So mm-hmm. we kind of have a minute left here. And so mm-hmm. I want you to be thinking about maybe some stories that you have, and because I think it would inspire all the people here in America, because, yeah. you know, America is not what it used to be. We know that. And mm-hmm. Some of it may be getting better. Some is getting a lot worse. And so I think it would be really encouraging for all of us in the United States to continue to remind ourselves that just because we're not in a different country, this country needs God more than ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. I think that's tough because, you know, there are so many things that are happening now in America that are just tearing down all the things that we had created, you know, hundreds of years ago. So thank you. So we will talk about this in the next segment. This is Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more with Michael Johnson, the president of Slavic Gospel Association. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I have a very exciting show that we're doing today. I have a great guest. His name is Michael Johnson, and he is the president of the Slavic Gospel Association. Now, he began his career as an account manager and supervisor at a highly respected international advertising agency, and he did that from 1986 to 1995, and he was serving major consumer brands. Well, he later moved to a nonprofit agency and the leadership at KMA Direct Communications and Douglas Shaw and Associates. And this is where he served as a vice president for 11 years before joining the Slavic Gospel Association. So it's an interesting story how God can take us from a business perspective and be able to really use you in that way to fulfill the gospel message. So thank you again, Michael, for being on the show. And talk to our listeners about some of the amazing things that you've seen as you have really done this with the Slavic Nations. Well, um, um, Christ is building the church <laughs> in those countries, and there's no question about it. Right. And when I first came to the ministry, um, I, I'd go out, you know, I'd travel out into the in Siberia and some of the, you know, other <clears throat> more remote areas, and I'd be invited to speak in churches. And so, you know, while I was speaking, and I was speaking from God's Word, um, you know, I would get there, and they would say, "Well, you got to you got to little be prepared for something." I said, "What's that?" I said, "You got to be prepared for the repenters." And I said, "Oh, really?" I said, you know, "In the middle of your your preaching, you know, somebody's you know is going to stand up and come down and want to repent of their sin and come." Wow. To so you know, I'm I'm preaching, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody <laughs> stands up and is in tears, comes down, and confesses their sin in front of the churches and asks for God's forgiveness and repents of their sin. So they'll give them a Bible, we'll sing a a song, you know, of celebration, and then that person will sit down. And that would happen more than once. That's Uh, remarkable. 
um, in those meetings, you know, and and so really, you know, when you think about a lot of people say that God was using using the communists to prepare uh, the Russian people for this revival that is taking place. And basically, I think what it is there is that, you know, for many years, these people grew up in a um, in a society, you know, where the state ruled over everything. And and, you know, you really had to aspire to meet certain standards in that culture to gain the acceptance of the government. And so um, it's a nation of people that always felt like they missed the mark because they did Mm. based upon the standards that were imposed upon them by the government. So when they hear the gospel and they hear about God's unconditional love for them, through the death of their son, Jesus Christ. That's when the light goes on, and they all of a sudden realize that that burden can be taken off of them. Wow. And they can experience God's unconditional love and know that they'll be, they're being loved unconditionally, you know, from that point forward. And it's a, it's a, it's a, they have a tremendous amount of appreciation for it. So when you go over there and you hear... When people talk about them getting saved, they say, well, I repented last week or I repented last year or whatever, because for them, obviously coming to faith is a matter of, you know, you know, changing the direction of your life right. that is uh, that was once built based upon pursuit of worldly desires and pleasures to one that is pursued one is based upon a pursuit of the knowledge of God and pleasing God. So, you know, it's an interesting dynamic uh, coming out of communism. Uh, but do you, do you get any? Do they get any pushback from the government? Um, sometimes uh, they do. Yeah, but for the most part, like in Russia, I mean, in Ukraine right now, there's total religious freedom. Um, in um, in in Russia, there's some level of uh, opposition uh, to evangelicals because it's primarily dominated by the Orthodox. But for the most part, there's a there's a reasonable amount of freedom in Russia. Hmm. Um, okay. Again, some of the Central Asian countries, it's a little bit more restricted. Right. Uh, but, but to continue on about uh, people getting saved, so when the war in Ukraine started, we have, we're connected to roughly 2,500 churches or 2,600 churches in Ukraine. So when the war started, we had been you know, working in developing a strategy, knowing this was going to happen uh, in connection with the Baptist Union leadership in Ukraine. So when it started, uh, we had been working in the eastern part of uh, Ukraine because the war actually did start in 2014. And basically what we do is we equip churches uh, with resources so they can minister to internally displaced people, both in war and deed. So, um, so, uh, so now that the war started, people found themselves in a situation where they lost their homes, they lost their jobs, they lost their livelihood. Many people left the country. And people were frightened. They didn't know what was going to happen to them, and they lost all hope. Hmm. So for us, you know, our strategy with them is is we work directly with the churches to provide resources to them so that they can minister to people both with food um, and with other resources, medical resources, and so on and so forth. And so we're, the goal is to lift the churches up in those communities as, you know, as centers of hope. So people can come and get ministered to, 
you know, we kind of sponsored a, you know, underground railroad, if you will, of people trying to make their way from eastern, you know, from the eastern part of the country into the western part of the country so they can escape into wow. uh, eastern Europe. And they would just <laughs> go from one church to another where they would be administered to, would give them gas money to continue on their journeys and so on and so forth. But again, all this comes through the churches. And so yes. we, along with the Baptist Union, at a, at a time, were the largest distributor of humanitarian aid in all of Ukraine. And all of that aid was distributed uh, not only to meet people's physical needs, but everybody that received humanitarian aid heard a clear presentation of the gospel. So right now, the Ukrainian churches are just growing like crazy, and there really is a revival taking place in, in, in Ukraine because of the acts of mercy of these churches all throughout those countries. So many people are coming to faith in Christ and repenting of their sin. Because up until that point, they would have never stepped foot in a Baptist church. Right, but now right. those churches are just ministering to them in a way that uh, people can't well, it's authentic. You know, it's, fully it's, understand. It's authentic. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And, that, and, that's kind of, and that's what's happening in Israel right now as well. Wow. That so. is remarkable. Well, we have about, I don't know, a minute or so before we go to the next mm-hmm. break. Mm-hmm. So I want to really encourage you listeners to really reach out, listen to this, and to also look at the website that he has, because this is something that we can really help support. And it doesn't take millions of dollars. It's like God can always just increase whatever it is, the gift that we give. So I want to really mm-hmm. encourage you to give to this this particular um, organization, because now that we know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. It, we get yeah. to hear these stories, and we get to hear <clears throat> how exciting it is that God mm-hmm. is working still all over, even though our country feels like a mess as well. <laughs> so I think it can be very, very uplifting. So I'm very glad that you are sharing these types of stories. And listeners, I want you to reach out and see what you can do to help support him in this and what that's doing for that entire nation, that entire region. So thank you for being here, and we are going to have one more break, and we'll come back. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you as always, for joining me. And I have a very special guest today. This is, um, he is he is Michael Johnson, and he's the president of the Slavic Gospel Association. And he began his career as an account manager and supervisor at really respected international advertising agencies and really serving major commu- uh, consumer brands. Now, he's later moved to this nonprofit leadership, and he does all kinds of work for the Slavic nations, and they are having huge amounts of change. Would you, is that true? Yes. Okay. Uh, the foundations of those countries are being shaken largely mm. as a result of the war between Russia and Ukraine. Right, right. And so how, how, are, how are people going into this? Do they, you know, are, are, is it the people rising up in the country, or is it also like you came over to the country? Um, in terms of uh, the nature of our, our, our work? The our ministry, yeah, the, the ministry, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so I mean, as we talked earlier, um, you know, our, uh, our ministry was established in 1934, 
And uh, when the wall came down, you know, we basically exist to serve churches in those countries. Um, John 4, 37 and 38, Jesus says, For in this is saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for, you, for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. So we, as a ministry, we open the door for Christians and churches here in the West to enter into the labor of these wonderful churches or do, who are doing incredible work throughout cities, towns, and villages, in many cases under very difficult circumstances. But it, we're trying to help them to be lights for the gospel in their communities. Is it is it dangerous as well? <clears throat> in some areas, it's dangerous. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's some. Yeah, it, there's some danger involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, you say it like you know. <laughs> so I'm wondering, if I would imagine yeah. you're really shaking up the nation that, that you are working with. Well, we're equipping the churches yes, uh, to yes. shake up the nation. Well, that's what I mean, and, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, again, I mean, we have a pretty high profile in a number of these countries. And mm. in, in certain countries, you know, they don't appreciate what we're doing because, um, you know, because, you know, they don't, right. you know, not, they, right. they don't have a Christian worldview, if you will. But that's right. just the way it is. And Jesus said, because I was persecuted, you'll be persecuted, right? Exactly. So we all, we all get that and we all understand that. Wow. Well, tell us tell us a story that really encouraged you as you have been working with this. Um, well, real quick, I, I want to talk about Israel, and okay. then I'll share a story with okay, you. Okay, great. Real quick. So okay. our ministry started working in Israel back in the 40s, uh, wow. where we, we sent um, Russian Jewish Christians into Israel to do theological training and church planting. Okay. Over the last few years, over the last 15 years or so, we ramped up our activity in Israel, and um, we have a we do have a, a, a an individual that we support who is a graduate of our seminary in Ukraine, uh, who now uh, heads up uh, Bible training for Russian Jewish Christians uh, as pastors and church workers who are then sent out into Israel to evangelize and plant churches, and then we equip them with resources uh, to help minister to people in their cities, towns, and villages. So, you know, we have a formidable um, ministry in Israel, uh, because roughly about a fourth to a third of the population of Israel is either uh, Russian or of Russian descent. So there's a large population of Russians in Israel that we have access to. So, when the war started between Russia and Ukraine, I was in Israel traveling with the pastors, and um, they were starting to see an influx of Ukrainian refugees um, making their way from Ukraine into Israel. And they help, they would meet them when they would come to the country, find them jobs, find them a place to live, get them situated, and really care for them. And so, uh, so when the war started in early October in Israel. Um, a lot of these people found themselves in and around the, the, the city of Ashkelon, which was really ground zero for the war. Okay. And uh, so let me let me in, let me interrupt you for just a second because we're going into a break. I think we have maybe one minute, and so this is really helpful because this will let us do in that next that next segment all of what mm-hmm. you're talking about, which is quite exciting, I have to say. So it is is very exciting. It's amazing. (laughs) I can't believe I get to do this. (laughs) 
I know. I feel the same way when I'm doing this, uh, you know, myself. I think, God, how did you do this? You know, I, I had no idea I was going to be doing things like this. And so it's, it is very exciting. And, and I know that the listeners get very, very encouraged because, you know, our country is, is in bad shape as well. And mm-hmm. so I like to hear from people like you because you're changing those countries across the ocean. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it changes those of us in America that have really kind of ignored what's been happening. So mm-hmm. yeah. we have one more segment, and this is with Michael Johnson. So, Michael, stay with us, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining in. And I always appreciate that you send the shows to your friends and the links that are involved so that we can really continue to help our country, our families, our own lives to be the best version of ourselves, that we actually help the world instead of live like the world. And so today we have a wonderful uh, guest. His name is Michael Johnson, and he's the president of Slavic Gospel Association. And he was talking in the last segment about all the changes that have happened in these eastern countries. So, Michael, thank you. And just keep telling us these stories because I know they really inspire the rest of us. Okay, I'd be happy to. So, again, as I mentioned, the main focus of our ministry is the countries of the former Soviet Union, uh, but we do have work in Israel um, because, again, roughly a quarter to a third of the population of Israel are either Russian or of Russian descent. So we are connected to a large network of Slavic churches in Israel, both in terms of training and church planting. Mm. And so uh, when the war started in early October, um, we had... Uh, we had ministered to Ukrainian um, Jews who left uh, uh, Ukraine uh, to escape the war. And then they found themselves in Israel. Most of them settled in the southern part of the country, in and around Ashkelon. And Ashkelon got the hit the, hit the hardest by these um, by the missiles and the drones. And then and then there were you know Hamas snipers up on the. Uh, up on the roofs of their apartment buildings, and so it was a very frightening situation. So these people came, you know, came from one war and found themselves in the middle of another one, and they felt stranded and isolated. But because the churches had helped them get situated, they they knew they were familiar with the community where they were living. They knew where these people lived. So on, on day one, they went out and started purchasing food, putting together food packets, and. Um, and uh, would knock on the doors of these people who were stranded in their apartments. Wow. <clears throat> and because a lot of these people, they didn't know, they had no connection to anybody. Right, so they, right. they didn't know what was happening to us. They literally lost all hope. Uh, oh, my you know, god! Particularly having gone through a war in Ukraine and found themselves in the middle of another one. So they would just go in and, you know, sit down and, you know, give them the food and, you know, ask them how, what their needs were and build relationships with them and, invariably they would be asked, well, why are you here? Because these people were risking their lives to get there. I mean, right. again, there were snipers up on the street picking people off on the, wow. up on the rooftops, picking people off on the streets. And and these are just courageous people, you right. know, right. and uh, with a heart for God. And they would just say, listen, we're Christians, and, you know, we're here from the local church. And, um, and uh, again, they all spoke Russian, so, you know, that helped in the, in the, in the communication. Right. Uh, and we're just here to, you know, we're here to help you. 
and, you know, we know you're in need. And a lot of these people would say things like, you know, we prayed that God would show up, and here you are. And so that always opened up opportunities for them to share the gospel with these folks. And so we, you know, you know, we'd give them a, they would get a packet of food that would last a family of four, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. 10 days to two weeks. And then they'd come back and continue to build the relationship. And now it's kind of shifted a little bit because now these people are actually coming to the church. Wow. Uh, to receive the aid. So it's a great relationship building um, mm-hmm. um, strategy, if you will. And, uh, and a lot of these people are really hearing about um, the love of God and hearing about their true Savior, which right. is Jesus. Well, you know, and I wish. Really open to it. I, see, I wish the people that are listening could see the pictures that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're very, oh my gosh, very yeah. heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the the one little girl, she's probably thirteen, and she's just bawling, having to leave, you know. Oh, and yeah. and so, I think you know, <clears throat> because we don't, we get wrapped around our our own problems here in America. We we mm-hmm. forget that there are people out there that are actually struggling for their life, yeah, and oh, yeah. wanting to save their kids and all kinds of things. So I interrupted yeah. you a little bit. So keep going. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So again, so when when you turn on the news and people talk about what's happening in Israel, obviously there's a lot about the politics. We have to stand with Israel and and you know mm-hmm. that, all that thing, which is true. I mean, and we and we agree with that. But we're a gospel ministry, right? And so we're connected with you know Russian Jewish Christians in Israel, reaching out with the love of Christ to other Russian Jews in Israel, sharing the gospel with them and ministering to them both in word and deed. So this is really a, an evangelistic um, endeavor, if you will. And right. um, and a lot of people, it, it's difficult to do direct evangelism in Israel. And, well, and why um, is that? Why is that? Uh, well, there are certain restrictions, you know, from a legal standpoint. I see. Um, yeah, so you can't evangelize children. You can't oh, okay. exchange humanitarian aid for gospel. I mean, there's just a lot of things uh, there. Um, but the Russian Jews tend to be the most open because they grew up in atheistic homes. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, we're seeing, you know, the, the rate at which people are coming to faith in Christ in Israel is higher among the Russian population. So. You know, we're seeing a lot more fruit, if you will, you know, in our efforts of equipping Russian Jewish Christians to evangelize fellow Russians in Israel right now. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. But just a couple of stories. Here's one story. Um, uh, They went in and here's a story that the that our pastor Oleg said, uh, told us. And he said a rocket flew into their house and destroy the entire interest. Oh, my gosh. They have been in the basement of the house since the first days of the war. Then we bring them hot food. Wow. When, they, when we told them we believe in Christ, they were open and began listening. After the conversation, they asked us to give them Bibles and to come again. We talked about Christ the whole evening, and they wanted us to study the Bible with them. Hmm. So we started a Bible study group in the basement. Please pray for these people. So wow. it, it's, it's as simple as that. And you right. can just see the, the Spirit of God working in the hearts of these people. And there was another one. Um, let's see. Um, they met an older couple, you know, she's elderly and very weak and could barely walk around the house, but her face glowed, especially as she listened to the gospel. Oscar and his wife are originally from Belarus. Uh, He told me that they lived in Belarus. The pastor would often talk to him about Christ, but Oscar continued, 
I was a truck driver. I didn't have time for God. <laughs> now I'm an old and sick. I'm on dialysis. I have cancer and other health issues. It was a good moment to start this conversation. God reminded this man of his love and power and that he can heal not only our bodies, but also our souls. Wow. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, God is opening a heart. Yes. This. Yes. And, and again, and, and that's one of the unique, that's, that's one of the things that I've observed because, you know, we found, we found ourselves in the middle of the war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we found ourselves in the middle of the war between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and we would equip churches on both sides of these conflicts uh, to do ministry. And now we find ourselves in the middle of a war in, in, in Israel. I'm beginning to think I'm a wartime president. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But, you know, but again, but again, when people are people are at the end of their ropes, yes. their foundation is being shaken. They're scared. That they, they they don't know what's going to happen to them. And that's really when they're the most open. Yes. You know, for the hope that that can only come, you know, in salvation through Jesus Christ. Well, you know, it is amazing. You know that we as humans. We can resist and resist and resist, and God continues mm-hmm. to be so kind and patient, you yes. know, and he says, okay, Jesus, that one's not going to work. Let's try it like this. Maybe yeah, we can get Cynthia yeah, to change right. if I do this, right? Yes. <laughs> so, and not yeah. in a hateful manner or a disgusted manner with me, but just really understanding his, his humans, his people, you know, yeah. and that he continues yeah. to love us to that degree is just mm-hmm. remarkable. And how he works absolutely. through us. So I'm, I'm excited absolutely. so much about what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. and I Thank really want, want to have all of us be praying for you because mm-hmm. this is tough. And it's, I, don't, I, I don't see the world getting better. I see the world getting healthier one person at a time, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't see yeah. the world necessarily mm-hmm. getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do want to say that we have a lot of problems here mm-hmm. and you know i was mm-hmm. i was uh, watching those um the the congressional hearings yes uh with the ivy league schools and 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 just yes i know there's just a lot of conflict particularly as it relates as it relates to the um anti-semitism that's mm-hmm. taking place in our college campuses that we yes. really need to repent of uh, yes. but you know the, from an outsider's perspective looking in you know our our friends overseas um, you know, they look at, they still look at America as a beacon of hope. And a, and well, a that's nice to hear. <laughs> and, and, yes. And, and, and they look at us as, you know, the Christians here have a huge desire to fund organizations, whether it be Franklin Graham or, or Compassion mm-hmm. International, whoever, that are involved in kingdom, kingdom work and advancing God's kingdom around the world. And the reason I know that is because we have thousands and thousands of supporters that support us just for that reason. Mm-hmm. And um, and because, again, I, I look at, you know, the Bible says for, for whom much is given, much is required. Right. And and we're a very generous nation. The, you know, the Christians are very generous here. And, um, and, and God continues to, he's not done with us. You right, know? right. Um, both in terms of, you know, the work that we're doing here in this country, but as well as the work that we're helping to take place around the world. Well, make so, sure, um, can you tell the listeners again how they can, you know, how they can contribute to this? Yeah. Well, we we have our, our website. It's just simply sga.org. That's sga.org. And for the Israel, Israel Initiative, it would be sga.org slash Israel Gospel. Okay. 
And so we're raising funds to, you know, purchase food to put into the hands of these workers in Israel so that they can go out and continue to minister to people. Because right now in Israel, roughly 20 percent of the of the um, of the Israeli uh, um, armed forces are in Gaza fighting. Roughly 80 percent of them are up in the north in anticipation of uh, what may or what most likely will happen with the with Hezbollah. Okay. So people are on edge there, and so we're connected to churches in that part of Israel as well, uh, so that if people, you know, are affected by it, um, people are affected by it, we can um, uh, mobilize, you know, resources for them as well. Okay. So give us the address again. We have about one minute left to the show, so let okay. so that people so, can write yeah, it down. S- yeah, s s g a dot o r g. Um, just, that's, that's just, just the general website, but okay. if you're interested in the Israel, it'd be sga.org slash Israel Gospel. Okay. And you can also, we also have a 1-800 number, which is simply 1-800-BIBLE-50. Okay. Because this way we can also encourage people to contribute to what you're doing. Yeah. And, and that's, no, that'd be great. Yeah, that's super important because this is, yeah. this is really amazing what is happening over all of our entire world. Our world seems so much yeah. smaller than it used to be. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's yeah, like, really. yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. So can I just pray for you? Yes, please. All right. Father, thank you so much for Michael and for him being on our show today and letting letting all the listeners know that you are still doing good things, beautiful things. And God, that nothing stops you. Nothing gets in your way. And God, we are so thankful that we get to be a part of it and that Michael has been doing the work that he's done. He's doing. And Father, I ask that you would protect his heart his mind, his soul. God, that you would continue to open doors for this man. And I pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. This is this is pretty exciting. Yeah, so, it is exciting. Well, it good. Is. It really is. Well, we'll have to we'll have to connect again because I want to hear more about what you're doing. Okay, I'd love right. to do that. Okay, have a great. You know where to find me? I do. <laughs> okay, have a great rest of your day. Okay. All, All right. right. Bye bye. Bye bye. We hope this past hour has been encouraging motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.